This is Cowboy Ethics Indiana with your host, Dwight Mowdy, sharing his passion for the program. He will discuss the origins and dive deeper into how the Cowboy Way of Life inspires Cowboy Ethics Indiana and future generations. Now to your host, Dwight Mowdy. This is your host, Dwight Mowdy, of the Cow Podcast for Cowboy Ethics Indiana. Alongside of me is my super intern, Lily. Hello. And wonderful producer, Brian. Hello. If this is your first time joining us, we want to welcome you and give you the goal of why we do this podcast. We want to give you an insight to the Cowboy Ethics Indiana program and also the principles of the Code of the West, which we hope will give you something positive in everyday, in everyday life. So first, if this, is not your, if this is your first time, I want to go through the principles for you real briefly just to let you know what they are. Number one, live each day with courage. Number two is take pride in your work. Number three, always finish what you start. Number four, do what has to be done. Number five, be tough but fair. Number six, when you make a promise, keep it. Number seven, ride for the brand. Number eight, talk less and say more. Number nine, remember that some things aren't for sale. And number 10, know where to draw the line. Now, a lot of people have never heard of this or are not sure where this came from. And a gentleman by the names of James Owen was in Wall Street for his entire career. And when he retired, he was really disillusioned by all the immorality and lack of moral character in, the, in that financial industry. So he thought back, what was different? What was it when I was young? And he came up with, my heroes were cowboys. So he, when he retired, he took about nine months, lived with the cowboys, and then went to museums and came up with the 10 principles that he saw these, ki- these cowboys living with every day. He ended up writing a book, and that led to him doing speaking engagements which brought him to Elkhart County eventually. And that's where we got the program started, and the rest, as they say, is history. So since we're talking about these principles, why don't I let Lily come in with her favorite principle? But to give you her background, she's been a student of mine since fifth grade, and she's now a senior and graduating in June, and is a member of the family and really wouldn't know what to do without her. So, Lily, what's your favorite principle? Well, I'd have to go ahead and say probably ride for the brand. It's one of those principles that kind of goes into other principles. It's applied to everyday life. You know, you have this idea, you know, you have to go to work, you have to live this job and this, and do this and that for your life to, you know, live. Well, when you write for the brand, you're not just going to that job to just, you know, provide for money and get that food on the table. It's much more than that. You're maybe working for somebody else, uh, maybe a different company. Maybe you don't even have a higher position, but you treat that company like if it was yours. You are fair in that dealing. You are, you know, respectable. You are representing yourself, but that company as well. 
And, you know, that works out on the ranches and it works whether you're on a ranch or you're in a warehouse or you're working at McDonald's. It doesn't matter. You're you're representing that company, the brand, and you want to make it look good. But not just because you're working for somebody else, but for yourself, too. It shows who you are, the character you developed. And it, like I said, it goes into those other principles. You know, you sometimes you have to be fair, but it, you got to be tough. And then there's times you have to do what has to be done when sometimes it's hard to do it. Absolutely. That's a great point that you make there. So, Lily, if you would think back about when you've been in cowboy ethics classes and as an intern now you've seen some of the classes that we go into, what would you say is the principle that you see resonating with the kids the most? Well, I'd like to say that the kids' favorite, probably just, you know, not knowing necessarily what they mean, definitely have to be writing for the brand. It sounds cool. I mean, it is cool, but I don't think necessarily they understand the graphs right away. When they first, you know, read about it, they think, oh, brands, that's cool. But I think the one that they live by, even sometimes when they don't know they are, is doing what has to be done. These kids, they face a lot of diversity, sometimes more than adults. I we I mean, we've seen firsthandedly going into these schools and we see these kids who, you know, they got a lot on their plate for being, you know, little kids who should be having fun, enjoying their life and being a kid. But instead, they're dealing with these responsibilities of an adult. You know, so they are facing a lot. But whether they know it or not, they're usually doing what they have to do to get by. But to them, it's making a future. Absolutely. And it's interesting you bring that up because we have fifth graders who are going home fixing supper for their siblings and putting them to bed. And that absolutely is many of the principles that it would fit, but primarily do what has to be done. And so what we think is that, you know, this gives them something to believe in to go forward with it. I know my personal one is ride for the brand. Because you're giving your best effort, as Lily said, you're dedicating your efforts to whatever the cause or the organization or the family, you're giving it 110% to make it better. And sometimes that means you have to set aside your personal beliefs, but it's taking you forward. It's making something positive happen every day. Um, so I guess the, the, other, the next thing we kind of wanted to talk about was how we teach the kids to do a handshake. Uh, it's kind of a lost art, and we do fist bumps and we do high fives. Uh, I can say honestly that I don't fist bump or high five with my kids. I will shake their hands. The funny part of that is when I went back after COVID, I carried a bottle of sanitizer on one <laughs> hand and shook hands with the other. So, But the kids, what really makes you realize how this resonates is when you get 20 kids line up and want to shake your hand. Or when you come into a classroom, and I know Lily has seen it, where there will be kids come up and right away have to shake my hand. Of course, with Lily, it's usually they've got to be hugs, but, <laughs> but, but they do shake hands. They mm -hmm. do know that that means something. And we teach them to, you know, you look the person in the eye, and that's a commitment. That's something that you're saying I respect you and I'm committed to doing working with you. Well, we always talk about how our relationship was first built off a handshake. That's true. And I do believe fifth grade. Yes. When yes. Dwight first came, after he had left, I had walked out to him. It was just me and him in the hallway and I shook his hand and I said, thanks for coming. 
and from there on built and started our relationship and you know here i am now doing a podcast with Dwight. yeah and and lily has truly even though she moved on to other grades her family comes to the county fair every year and they would always come and find the farm bureau booth and would talk to me or come to see me and i have to tell this story <laughs> the first time she brought her family they came up and i was sitting at the table and i hadn't stood up yet and her mom and dad are looking under the table, and I'm like, did you guys need something? They go, no, we just wanted to see if you could really walk on water like <laughs> Lily says you can. So, I mean, but that's the kind of, that's, Lily's a very special case, but there's a lot of kids, and Lily can tell you, even in high school and in, in some of the, the middle school, there's kids that remember being in cowboy ethics with me. Do you think... Um... Just hearing you talk about these handshakes, mm-hmm. it's a sign of respect. Yes. And, I, and I wonder if it's seems old fashioned. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love a good handshake, you know, and like I still, I have high school students and they'll shake my hands and I will help them. I will critique their handshake. I do this or do that or, oh, that's a really nice handshake. Mm-hmm. But I, I wonder what it has to do with the respect. Why do you think the kids... Kind of, why do they go towards that respect, do you think? Well, I think it's because, as you say, we teach them to do it the right way. None of the mm-hmm. limp fish, but the, the firm grab, grip, excuse me, and looking the person in the eye. I mean, that eye contact is important. And I have to tell you, it was funny when I was in Illinois, the English, one English gentleman said he thought I, that he had a strong grip. And after he shook my hand, he goes, I think my hand's broke. You know? <laughs> but but it, 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 in our society today, we've lost sight of that really important gesture mm-hmm. of respect for people. When you meet someone new, that contact is so important. And when you're out, you know, the cowboy world, they make million-dollar cattle deals on a handshake. You'll never see a contract. And so that's why, if it means that much to them, we should have that mean that much to all of us. And it's easy. Like, I, I think oh. it's, it's so easy Absolutely. and it's simple and it says, it says so much. Yes. Well, I think it also, because it's also, like you said, it's a dying art. It's something these kids don't see a lot of, you know, usually it is a high five or mm-hmm. a fist bump or, you mm-hmm. know, dap me up or something of yeah. those kinds yeah. of, so for them, it's something new. And when it's new, it's interesting. So when you see one person doing it, Friend. so then yes. they start doing it yes but the thing is like you said there's respect behind that mm-hmm. friend yeah so yeah so that's another thing that we teach in the classes um i wanted to spend a moment talking about recent events we did go to illinois two weeks ago and it was they called it the across the pond road tour and the show that's on every monday through friday every morning at seven o'clock um on BEK News, but Trent talks to these gentlemen live. Trent, Trent Luce. Trent Luce, yep, yes, yep. I'm sorry. No. Uh, Trent Luce talks about it. And Trent and I were introduced at an Indiana Farm Bureau convention, and I was working the trade show, and one of my friends, who we'll have on eventually, comes running over and says, you got to meet this guy. He was the, talking about positive and commitment and all that and he's a cowboy and i'm like that would be great but i can't leave the booth so he brings him back 
And Trent starts talking about it, and we ended up doing a 48-minute interview. And ever since that time, we on a regular basis, we talk. And Trent called me before this event took place and said, I really want you to come. So we drove six hours to Quincy, Illinois. Okay. Uh, we went to the, inter- to the thing, and at the actual event, I didn't say much because there was a lot of people that were talking and we went to the after party, and that's where we spent almost a half an hour of me just talking about cowboy ethics and the people asking questions. And what was funny was the one, the gentleman from Scotland said he felt like he spent the last half hour with John Wayne. So, <laughs> but the cowboy is so universal. Mm-hmm. That's what this really showed. These gentlemen, they were like, this is fantastic. And what's interesting. They did the tour for six more days. Every single day, they talked about the Code of the West and the principles. So, And it was all across the Midwest. Well, actually starting to get into the Deep West. I mean, Montana's and Wyoming's mm-hmm, and that. Mm-hmm. But they talked about it every day because it meant so much to them. And even now, a friend of mine who listened said, every day the last week, they've been talking about principles from the Code of the West. So you never know where this is going to go. You plant the seed and it starts taking off and, mm-hmm. and you go. And that's what we we find over and over again. You never quite know who's going to really, it's going to strike home with, but it does make a difference in somebody's life. And and I've always said, if I can reach one person, I'm successful. Yeah. Next thing you know, you could be doing a podcast with John Wayne reincarnated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before, I don't know if you were going to move on, yeah. but... It kind of, it's interesting hearing about the Across the Pond uh-huh. tour, but then how that connects to the way that your kids react. When you challenge them with a little bit of pride, having, you know, riding for the brand, all I heard was to take pride in what you do, mm-hmm. to, to not to not settle. Right. And, and I think that in, you know, a lot of things, it's become easy just because we are very privileged in life. We have not a lot of want. I mean, there are people that want, but I think a large amount of people don't want, but I think that just that challenge of, okay, how can you push yourself a little bit more? And just hearing like, you're so friendly that I think that, and, and you do pull off this persona, but like, like it's who you are. Mm -hmm. And then I think that it is, there's that bit of that hero, but something is just taking some pride, not settling. Is that what it takes to be a hero? Like, and I, I, there's more to it, but I think when a kid, you talk about how simple they are as fifth graders. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think, you know, I see that having worked well, we with kids before. We have a poster mm-hmm. that says, um, it, it's, if you want to look it up, it's called Hero of the Storm. If you Google it on Hero of the Storm, you'll see it and it, and it speaks volumes on its own. But the lettering on it says, we can all be heroes in our own, t- in our own lives. And that's, we give that to the kids along with the poster of the mm-hmm. principals. They have to reach out. We, what we're showing them is you have to reach outside of yourself. You have to stretch yourself sometimes beyond that comfort level. With Lily, having her do this podcast with us is asking her to stretch herself beyond, which she never thought she would do. But, and when I first mentioned it to her doing it, and I said she would help us with it, she goes, I'm not talking. But, <laughs> but you know, we, you're exactly right, Brian. It's getting them to think about reaching up higher. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. The teachers that it does the absolute best in cowboy ethics are the ones who say, I will not settle down. This is my standard, and we're going to work to bring you up. And sometimes that's me tutoring or mentoring. Mm-hmm. But whatever it takes, we're going to bring those kids up. And I think that's all part of cowboy ethics is that positive can-do approach. The, the first principle is live each day with courage. And we're not talking about running into a burning building, but we're talking about whatever comes my way, I can handle it. I can, I can overcome. Um, I, did a, I do Code of the West Minutes for the one school. And today I did it on self-reliance about how just because something doesn't work, you don't quit. You don't give up. You find other ways to make it get done. You, you, you don't rely on someone else to fix it for you. You do it for yourself. And, and that's the other part of this message is you don't have to rely on somebody else. You can, you can do it yourself. You just got to make yourself committed. Well, and something else you brought out, you talked about how these teachers have this standard and they're not backing down from that type of standard. They're setting the bar high and that's where they want their kids to come to. But something that you can see clear as day in the classroom is those teachers who get just as, as involved as those kids in cowboy ethics... <laughs> The That's more true. those kids rise because mm-hmm. it's they're working alongside that teacher. That teacher loves being involved in it. That's a reward for them as well. Yes. So you get more than just the kids. You're reaching those teachers as well. It's pretty interesting because some of the teachers have as many questions and are on the edge <laughs> of their seat as much as, oh, the, yeah. as the kids. And when that happens, boy, those kids really start digging into it because they, they know that teacher believes in what they're mm-hmm. doing too. Mm-hmm. Sometimes and, they have to pull you, pull the kids <laughs> off you at the end well, of your lesson because they have so many questions. As when I went to this school down by Muncie on Tuesday, I was telling Lily, I walked through the office, like, you know how it works. Mm-hmm. The kindergarten classes are right there. I couldn't get down the hallway <laughs> because they were all running up to the door wanting oh, yeah. to shake hands and yelling, Mr. Mowdy, Mr. Mowdy. And there was like three of them in a row. And I was late getting to my fifth grade because I couldn't get shedded. But how could I ever tell those kids no? Oh, yeah. I could never ignore them. You know, I, I had to acknowledge them. I had to spend time with them. And that's that school has 600 kids, Brian. And every single one of those kids knows the code of the West. And it's it's just one of those amazing situations where those kids live it every day. So, but anyway, but yeah, um, the other thing I wanted to just real briefly touch on is what we're doing in the classrooms. Uh, The one activity we're doing now we're starting is branding cows. Now, obviously, people listening are probably going to go, say what? (laughs) But we what we do is we develop activities that imitate what's going on on the ranch, but in something we can do in the classroom. So for branding... We give them the little tiniest elbow macaroni. (laughs) They have to put a dot on it, and then as a team, they have to count 250 kids or cows as fast as they can, which if they're over short, we don't tell them. We just say, you're off. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that can be quite an interesting day. (laughs) The other thing we do is we have cattle drives in the school where we use balloons and fly swatters. And again, teamwork, leadership, cooperation, they have to move the cows down the hallway and together. And again, they do it for time to see who can do it the quickest. So that's just a couple of the things we do. We have a whole series 
of activities where they have to work together. I mean, that's really the, 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 the main part of our cowboy ethics activities is teamwork and working together and learning how to be leaders and make things happen. So just wrapping up, that's, you've pretty much heard what we do now. Um, you know, the main reason again is we want to bring some positive message, not only to the schools, but this podcast to people that are listening so that they have something that's more positive than what we see on the daily news or in the social media. Well, um, I like to point out, yes. quick, backtracking just a little bit, but the uh, branding day, I remember doing that oh, yeah. in elementary school. And that sucked because no matter how tiny your hands were, elbow macaroni was even smaller. Well, so when you're done, all that little marks are on your finger from trying <laughs> to get them. And, it, and no. if, if you try to hold them, yep. they are shooting across the room and stuff <laughs> oh, like yeah. that. Yeah. Teachers had to be mad at all the macaroni. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was an interesting time. But um, we will have some future podcasts, and we're going to keep bringing in people that have been real instrumental in getting it started and who are working with us. If you would like to get more information about how to bring this program to your schools, or if you'd like to get involved with us, uh, there are several ways you can get hold of us. Again, my name's Dwight Moudy, M-O-U-D-Y. I have a an email, which is cowboyethicsdwm at gmail.com. I have a Facebook for Cowboy Ethics Indiana. We have a web page for Cowboy Ethics Indiana. And my phone number, which I know people think I'm crazy, but 574-360-8646. And we can send you information. We can talk. Um, we do have schools all over the country that are doing it. So if you're in another state... That doesn't mean we can't work with you. And I think one of the things that would be probably the most interesting, if there was a way, uh, would be our ag days. I mean, you can yes. always use help for that, and that's always really interesting. We're going to have future podcasts, and we hope you can join us and, and listen to what we talk about. We're going to have people who have been instrumental in getting the program going and keeping it going. And Lily's always going to be here, and Brian's going to always be with me. Um, but thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed or feel a little more positive after you listen to this, and that it gives you something to kind of lift you up. If you want to know more about the program, contact us through our email, cowboyethicsdwm at gmail.com, Facebook page, Cowboy Ethics Indiana, our website, cowboyethicsindiana.com, or by phone at 574-360-8646. Also, shout out to Greg Hager for the use of his song. You can find him on most music services or greghager.com.